Hello and welcome to another podcast episode. I'm Ray and I've called this one Hindsight. I don't know why I called it that because it's not the best of titles. We'll say it's a working title even though it seems to have stuck. It's also about going Dutch. Have you heard that expression, going Dutch? A couple of you might go out for a meal and going Dutch is you sort of pay for your own rather than one pays for the whole lot. Something like that. Anyway, weather report. It's, oh, well, hang on, where are we? Uh, Wednesday, the 17th of August, 2022. Just gone midday, a bit early this time. Tell you why, Trish has gone to Kent with her sister. Did you hear that thunder? I've got a thunder and lightning app on my phone and my iPad. And whenever there's a lightning strike nearby, the the noise comes through on the iPad. Like that, it's quite good fun. It's also quite useful because, you know, you can have a look on the app and see exactly where the strike was. So tell whether it's getting nearer to you or perhaps going further away. Anyway, it's 21 degrees centigrade, which is about 70 Fahrenheit. The barometric pressure is 1011 millibars, 1011 millibars. I don't bother too much looking at the pressure, the value. I just look to see whether the barometer is going up or down. If it's going up, it's good. If it's going down, it's bad. I remember my grandfather, years ago when I was a kid, he said to the neighbour, we went out of the front door, we were going to the shops, and he said to the neighbour, good morning and all this. He said, I see the glass is rising. And I remember thinking, what's he on about the glass is rising? What it was, he means the barometer. I don't know why they called it the glass. I think there was, at one stage, wasn't it mercury in a U-shaped glass tube? So the glass is rising, the mercury is rising, I don't know. No doubt someone will put me right on that. Okay, so where are we? Very nice to hear from a lot of you. Thanks for all your emails. I won't go through them all because there are too many. But thank you very much. It's really nice to hear from you all. Let's start with going Dutch. Now, there was this girl. Here we go, you're thinking, another girl. No, 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 listen. In our group back in the 70s, early 70s, there was this girl, a bit of a reputation for going out with various lads just to get free drinks, a free meal out, go to the cinema, get the ticket paid for. She had a bit of a reputation for that. And I just happened to say to the lads that I wouldn't pay for her meal if I took her out. I certainly wouldn't pay for her meal. So we had a bet. OK, you ask her out. She was bound to say yes, because there's something in it for her, such as free drinks and a free meal. And we'll have a bet. I think the bet was a pound. I mean, back in those days, a pound was quite a lot of money. So we just bet a pound. How many pints would that buy? Do you know, I can't remember pints of beer. Quite a few, actually. I remember when it went up to one pound a pint, we were all saying, that's it. If it goes over a pound, that's it. I'm not, I'm not buying any more beer. Of course, we all did. Now, I believe in London, you can pay over £10 a pint. God, dear, struth, over 10 quid for a pint. Anyway, this girl, I said, I'll take her out and we'll go out for a meal, but I'm not paying for hers. And of course, they're all saying, OK, right, the bet's on pound. I think the bet was just with one of the lads, not all of them. I didn't bet them all a pound. So I asked a girl out, would you like to go out for a drink one evening? Oh, yes, she said, yes. Well, she would do, wouldn't she? Because I was and still am extremely handsome, good looking. <laughs> well, perhaps not. She just wanted the free meal. So I said, OK, pick you up tomorrow. What, seven? Yep, yeah, that's fine. So I picked her up and took her to a pub. Not our local pub, because all the lads were in there and they'd have laughed and jeered and shouted out comments and things. Took her to another pub. 
And I, I did buy her a drink, which is fair enough. And then she said, oh, I'm ever so hungry. I'm starved. Should we go out for a meal? And I said, yes, great. There's an Indian restaurant just over the road. Back in those days, you went to a pub. Oh, another lightning strike somewhere. There's a thunderclap. You went to the pub for a drink, not for food, as you do these days. Pubs these days are just restaurants, aren't they? So we went to the pub for a drink. And then after what we all did as lads, we used to go over the Indian restaurant over the road and have a curry and more beer, <laughs> which was great. I couldn't do that now. I think I'd, oh, it would probably kill me. I'd have to stay in bed for a week to recover. So I said to her, yes, there was an Indian restaurant nearby, not the local one again. So we went over to the restaurant and uh, she's obviously thinking, oh, good, free meal. So we sat down, the waiter brought a couple of menus over. And I said, oh, by the way, before he walked off, I said, uh, we're paying separately, we're going Dutch. Yes, sir, he said, that's fine, that's fine. And off he went. Her face, she looked at me, what do you mean we're paying separately? I said, well, you, you don't want to pay for my meal, do you? And she said, no. I said, well, there you go. I don't want to pay for yours. <laughs> Her face. So I had uh, a curry, vegetable curry, poppadoms, lager in those days, stuff like that. She didn't have a drink at all. She just had a, I forget what she had, just sort of chicken curry or whatever. No extras, no starter, nothing. And at the end, she had to pay for her own meal. And it was fantastic. And the, I got the receipt. I kept hold of the receipt to show the lads that it was just mine. Well, one curry on there, my two beers and my poppadoms or whatever I had. So we left, finally left the restaurant. We got on quite well, actually. And I said, uh, see you again. And she said, oh, I, I'm not sure. And I said, well, OK, you know, it's up to you, whatever. And she said, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Because she obviously didn't like it. And next time I saw the lads in the pub, I showed them the receipt. There we are. And I got my pound. I won the bet. And she wasn't at all happy. Next time she came into the pub, she said hello to me, but she wasn't particularly happy. We did actually go out. She asked me out a few weeks after that. She asked me out. And I said, oh, I thought you weren't interested. She said, oh, no, no, just as friends. Fair enough. So we went out. And she said this, we, you know, we got to the restaurant uh, after a few drinks in the pub. And she said, I'm going to buy you a meal. So I said, uh, are you sure? Yeah, yeah, she said, I'm paying. So I, I said, why is that? She was great fun, actually. And she said, I heard that there was a bet and you won the bet. She said, you've got some front, I must say, asking me out just so you could win a bet and not pay for my, my meal. <laughs> we actually did go out uh, for, oh, I don't know, a few months. And then she, I think she got fed up and went off with someone else. <laughs> Probably got free meals out of them. But all good fun, though. But that's that's going Dutch, isn't it? Where even if there's a whole group of you, you always pay for your own. I don't do rounds. You know, you get to the pub. Right, whose round is it? Because that's always a disaster. There was one chap in our group. We get to the pub. Oh, I'll have a, a lager. I'm just going to the toilet. Back in a minute. Of course, he'd go and hide in the toilet while the rest of us, we'd sort out whose round it was. And then he'd always wait till the end. And then, oh, anyone want a drink? You know, we've all had enough. We're about to leave. That way he got out of a round. So what we did, all went into the pub and he'd say, I'm just going to the toilet. OK, yep. Yeah. And we all stood there and waited. And he came out of the toilet. Right, we said, no, I'll have a lager. Was it one bitter and uh, whatever? <laughs> and he said, oh, is it my round? Yeah, your round. And we got him every time. We got him in to the 
the proper way of doing it. Uh, after a while, he gave up going to the toilet. As soon as we arrived at the pub, he went to the bar and bought rounds properly with the rest of us. But I don't like rounds because it's someone always loses out. Normally me. Even these days when we go out with the family, sometimes there's a birthday and there's a family meal out somewhere. If they start doing rounds, I don't get involved, neither does Trish. We don't do it. We just say we're not doing rounds because they, they can be so expensive. And it's not that I'm mean. <laughs> of course, I'm not mean. Buy anyone a drink. But when you get perhaps 12, 15 people all wanting a drink, it just gets ridiculous. And of course, you're not going to have 12 or 15 drinks. So you just miss out terribly. I remember a time we went out, I bought a round, this is some years ago, just under £20. And all I'd had during the evening were a couple of beers. Cost me £20, absolutely ridiculous. So that's where hindsight comes in, isn't it? Hindsight, what a waste of time. Hindsight is about as much use as a chocolate teapot. What's the other one? As much use as an ashtray on a motorbike. I remember there are so many. I remember that one, ashtray on a motorbike. Imagine that. But it is though, hindsight, it's all very well looking back. Oh, I wish I hadn't done that. Or, oh, I wish I'd done this. I think we can all look back. Can you look back over your life and think, I shouldn't have done that. That was a big mistake. I should not have done that. The thing is though, I heard a word on the radio the other day. I haven't heard for years, decades. Twee, twee. How about that? T-W-E-E, I believe it's spelled twee. Now, here's the thing. You get a couple. They both leave school. They know each other. They start going out. They fall in love. They save up. They, do you remember the bottom drawer? I don't know whether people uh, outside Britain will know about the bottom drawer. They used to save up things in the bottom drawer, it was called. So they get things together for when they were married, like a toaster, an iron and whatever. Plus they make a wedding present list. They did it all properly. They saved up. They worked hard, saved, got a, a deposit for a mortgage on a, a perhaps a small flat just to start off. So they get married. They've got the flat. Then they'll have 2.4 children. You know, the sort of thing. They do it all properly. And isn't it annoying? <laughs> I remember this. I remember people doing this. I was still clubbing and messing around, having fun. And it was annoying. That, I mean, one of my friends in particular, I said to him, aren't you coming out with us lot anymore? Oh, well, I can't. I'm married. You know, my wife's pregnant. Can't afford to go clubbing. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to get married. Oh, I'll tell you a joke in a minute I saw the other day on Twitter. Anyway, it, it's, it's twee, isn't it? It's, um, what was twee? Uh, quaint, I think the dictionary says. I looked it up. Quaint, doing it all properly, 2.4 children, getting married, saving up, getting a mortgage, buying your first home together and all this stuff. Whereas, you know, the rest of us lads, proper, <laughs> proper lads, I was going to say, perhaps we're not, perhaps we were the fools, I don't know. We were out clubbing, spending money, doing dreadful things. But the thing is, with hindsight, would I change anything? Would you change anything? I suppose we can always look back, can't we, all of us, and think, well, I would change this or that. Getting a bit of a rough, oh, more lightning, bit of a rough <coughs> throat again. Too much talking, you're saying. I know what you're thinking. Why don't you be quiet for a while? Yes, I will in a minute. I've got my cup of tea here, which has gone cold. But hindsight, given my life again, if I could go back to, say, 12 years old and then carry on from there, would I change anything? 
I suppose, well, yes, obviously there would be one or two things I, I would change. But in the main, I don't think so, because the the Twee couple, you know, the fictitious couple I was talking about, they have their pensions. They have state pensions plus private pensions. They do all that properly. The children grow up. They've got grandchildren. They've paid their mortgage off. They retire. They take early retirement. They both got big fat pension money coming in. They've done it all properly. It's all perfect and twee. But have they lived? <laughs> have they lived? Have they been through divorce and all sorts of trouble, all sorts of problems? I do think that life is, you might look back and think, oh dear, that, that era was terrible. That year or two was absolutely awful. But you learn from mistakes, don't you? I think it's experience, good or bad, it's all experience. If you don't experience, not all aspects of life, obviously you can't, but a lot of different things during your life, if it's all perfect and twee, I don't know, in my mind you kind of haven't lived. Do you know what I mean? I've never been out of work. So I'll be back in my day, the 60s, the 70s, Everyone had a job. I didn't know anyone that was out of work in the 60s. Every single mate of mine, every person I knew, every acquaintance, they all went to work. So I haven't experienced that type of problem where you can't get a job. And I know some people do. That must be awful. You're willing to work, you're desperate to work and you can't get a job. But I have experienced times when where I've had very little or no money at all. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do? I've got to sort something out. I just haven't got any cash. And other times where I've perhaps been in a, a relationship and it's gone terribly wrong and I've come out of it quite scarred and I've looked back and thought, oh, good grief, I wish I hadn't met her. But looking back now, that was experience. And I think all experiences within reason, obviously, are, are worth experiencing, I suppose. I mean, not dreadful things, not awful car accidents where you lose your legs. That's nothing's to be gained from that, I don't think. But living life rather than having everything perfect all the time. Because if something does go wrong, now I've known this, I knew a couple, everything was twee again, to use that word, up until their 50s, when I don't know what went wrong, but they split up. I'm not sure who did what, but they split up. It was sort of amicable. They sold the house. They had half the, the equity each. So they each bought a flat and they weren't happy more thunder, this storm was getting closer. They weren't happy and they were absolutely hopeless on their own because they depended on each other since their teens. Suddenly they found themselves on their own and they couldn't cope. And to be honest, I do know of more than one couple that were married, they stayed together because in the old days people did stay together. In the 50s and 60s people didn't get divorced. I think I've gone through all this before, haven't I? It was usually the the husband that owned the house, the property. So if they split up, then the wife had nothing. She'd just walk away with a suitcase. So people did stay together. Now, I have known a case, or, or more than one case, where the chap has passed on, he's died, leaving the wife, and the wife is over the moon. Thank goodness for that relief. After decades and decades of misery, <laughs> at last, he's gone. And I knew one that threw a party. It was supposed to be a wake, you know, a funeral wake. But it turned into a party to, to not celebrate so much his life, but her freedom. 
Now that sounds awful, doesn't it? But I do know of well, more than well, at least two, three, four or five couples where this has happened. Either he or her, I did know one where the lady passed away. And the chap, I remember him saying it was as if he'd been let out of prison. Listen to this lightning. Well, that's the thunder. You can't listen to lightning. What am I saying? So there we are. Relationships, they're funny things, aren't they? What can work, what often does work, is you get a couple that have been married, they get divorced. So they marry again, perhaps for a second, even a third time, and it works. They've learned their lessons. They've been married. They've had a couple of practice runs, if you like. Yeah, I've been married twice, so I know all about it. I know what I'm doing. I've had a couple of practice runs. I'm now ready for the real thing. And it works. What can appear to be at the time, something goes dreadfully wrong, and you're thinking, oh, what a disaster. But then, later on, with hindsight, you look back, actually, that was a blessing. If that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be where I am today, which is in a brilliant position, situation. So I don't always look at dreadful things that happen as a total disaster. It might seem so at the time, but I always think, well, later on, in time to come, maybe months, maybe years to come, I'll look back on this and I'll be pleased that it happened. When I look back at my life and other people's lives that I've known all my life, some people seem to be very unlucky. We've all known someone like Fred, we'll call him. If anything goes wrong, if it's going to go wrong, it'll go wrong for Fred. Whatever happens, it's poor old Fred always having problems, always having trouble. It's always poor old Fred. And I've often wondered, is it, I don't know, uh, is it a frame of mind, Fred's frame of mind being so negative, such a negative person? Is that why it always goes wrong for poor old Fred? I don't know anyone called Fred, I don't think. No, in fact, I don't. Frederick, I used to. That's a few years ago. He must have gone now because he was in the workshop when I was, what, 15 Old Fred, he was it's about 110 then. So he must have gone now, unless he's getting on for 200 years old. Bless his cotton socks. I liked old Fred. But some people just seem to attract, I don't know, not disaster, but just things to go wrong. If it's going to happen to anyone, it'll happen to them. And of course, other people seem to be so lucky all their lives. Everything goes their way. Everything. They'll buy a house and perhaps sell it just at the right time in the market or a car. And, you know, they'll make a killing, make a brilliant profit out of it. Whereas someone else will sell a, a car and actually lose money. <laughs> I've known people like that. I knew a chap called Chris. Every car he bought, it was OK. It was all right. But he always lost on any car that he sold. Even if he'd only had it a few months, he would lose money. And another chap I knew, I won't mention his name because he's no longer with us. He went very young, actually, in his 40s. But whenever he bought and sold a car, not through any doing of his own, he'd just perhaps sell the car and get a good price for it. It wasn't that he was clever or anything, but he always made a good profit whenever he sold a car. Some people are just very lucky, and other people are just very unlucky, I suppose. I remember a chap, he had his own house, he'd done very well, he was only in his 30s, he paid his mortgage off. He'd done really well at work. And then an aunt, some aunt somewhere, died and left him her house and a load of money in the bank. So he was laughing. It was obviously a shame that his aunt had died, but apparently he hardly knew her. So it's just the way it goes, isn't it? Whereas other people, they work all their lives. They never seem to get anywhere. As they say, it's a funny old life, isn't it?
What would you change if you could go back, back in time, and start again from, say, 12 years old, where 15 or whatever? What would you change? Would you have had several marriages? Perhaps you've only had one marriage. Perhaps you're the twee person I've been talking about, and you're very happy. You wouldn't change anything. It would be interesting to hear from you. Raise rants at protonmail.com. Raise rants at protonmail.com. What would you change if you could go back? I'm just trying to think, what would I change? I don't know. Oh, there's one car I would not have bought. It was a Morris uh, Thousand Traveller. You know, the old Morris Minor, the, the iconic Morris Minor. Well, I bought one, but it was the Traveller with the wood. It was like a, um, I don't know, a station wagon, is it you call it in America? An estate car had doors at the back, but it was all a wooden frame. The doors at the back were a wooden frame and the wood had rotted. So the door hinges fixed to the wood were falling off. And I had to make up metal brackets and all sorts to keep the thing together. I liked the, the classic Morris Minor, the Moggy Minor. I liked that car. I didn't have one of those. I just had this thing with a wooden frame at the back, the Morris Traveller. And I wish I'd never bought it. So that's one thing I'd change for a start. But everything else, I don't know. What else would I change? I suppose there are one or two people I knew at various times that I would have or should have cut them out of my life at the time because they were dreadful people. Looking back, I'd have been better off cutting them out. But I don't know. I think in the main, I'd keep everything more or less as it was. Looking very black over to the north there. The hole in the ceiling. Do you remember I mentioned the hole in the ceiling? I've got the bowl there on my table where all my radio gear is. I've got the bowl to catch the water. We've had torrential rain this morning, but not one drop has come through. I think it must have cured itself, so we'll leave that. All the time it's not raining, it's fine. And now, even when it does rain, it's fine. <laughs> it's probably done something dreadful up in the attic. Perhaps a pile of blankets have fallen over or something and they're soaking up all the water. No, there aren't any blankets up there but at least it stopped coming in. I don't know, I think I'll just stick a plaster over it and we'll forget the whole thing. No, seriously, we're going to get on to the insurance company, find out whether they will pay for it or not. I mean, someone's got to pay for it. It's got to be done. And if they say no, as insurance companies do, they usually say no, <laughs> then we'll have to pay for it. I've already asked a couple of lads that were doing some work a few doors down. They've done some work for us before and I said, look, we got this leak. He just said, OK, well, do you a quote, find out what's wrong and do you a quote for the insurance company. So we shall see what happens. But even now when it's raining, it's not leaking. So I'm happy. Talking of hindsight. Now, this is a little bit personal, so you probably won't want to email me and tell me. But is there one person you once went out with and you split up and you've gone on, you married someone else and you've now got kids and grandkids and all the stuff? Is there one person you wish you'd stayed with? You wish they hadn't left you or you left them, you split up. Is there one person you can look back and think, I was really in love with that person. I should have stayed with him or her. I wonder, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you, I'm asking you. Don't email me about that. Well, you won't anyway, will you? You won't want to tell people about that. If there's still one person in your mind that you wish you'd stayed with. I wonder whether you still see that person. Are they still living nearby? Do you bump into them in town? I wonder. I knew a couple like that. They were together and they were very much in love 
and I don't know, something went wrong. They thought, one of them, I can't remember which way round it was, one thought the other had been cheating and they hadn't. They hadn't at all. Someone had started some dreadful, vicious rumours and they split up and they've always, they've regretted it ever since. They've gone on to marry other people, but uh, I won't say who or how I know, but I know that they are still, all these years later, they're still in love. Can you believe that? Now, with hindsight, goodness me, they could look back and think, what mistakes have I made? Well, there's a mistake for a start. A massive, massive, mahoosive mistake. What a shame, though. Imagine that. What a shame. Oh, I must just tell you this joke. Right, the world's shortest fairy tale. Once upon a time, a guy asked a girl, will you marry me? And the girl said no. And the guy lived happily ever after and rode motorcycles and went fishing and hunting and played golf a lot and drank beer and whiskey and had loads of money in the bank and left the toilet seat up and did something else whenever he wanted. The end. (laughs) I don't know why I just found that funny. I can't tell you what the other thing was that he did whenever he wanted because it's rude. But uh, is that sexist? Is, is that all right these days to tell a joke like that? Or is that being nasty to women? Suggesting that being married is awful because the woman is awful. Not at all. I tell you, I, I love being married. I love it. Trish looks after me so well. I'm taking some tablets at the moment. What are they for? I can't remember. Oh, my knee. Yeah, they're anti-inflammatory, whatever. And I forget to take them. Every morning, she says, have you had your tablet? Oh, oh no, I forgot. And she brings it to me. She, it's there by the bed and a glass of water and then a cup of tea. I mean, that is really good. I am spoilt. I am thoroughly spoiled. But as I say to people, I deserve to be spoiled. <laughs> Don't I? I deserve to be spoiled. I'll tell you what, it's getting dark. It really is getting dark now. And we're, we're in the middle of the day. It's lunchtime. We're oh, talking of lunch. I'm starved. We went out this morning. We went to Littlehampton. It's our seven-year-old grandson's birthday today bless him and his mum and dad were taking him over to Littlehampton because he likes the fun fair there's a kind of fun fair and an arcade there so they had breakfast in this harvester place we only had a cup of coffee but uh, he was there so he had his birthday breakfast and then he was off to the fun fair and now Trish has gone to Kent with her sister so I'm home alone it's lovely it's very quiet here it's very peaceful no one's shouting at me. She doesn't shout. Actually, she's quite loud. She's quite volumatic. Is that a word? Volumatic. She was chatting on the phone the other day and the neighbours were in the garden, so I had to shut the window. They're sitting in their garden listening to Trish on the phone. She does tend to get loud. I think what it was, she was talking to her mum, who is a little bit hard of hearing. Not allowed to say deaf these days, I eh? Who? What? not allowed to say deaf. There are so many things. I did start making a list of things that you mustn't say anymore, (laughs) but I ran out of paper. So I shut the window because the neighbours were listening. I'm sure they don't want to listen to Trish telling her mum how to sort her iPad out when it seizes up. Just had a look on the find your friend or find my friends app. Have you got that? It's quite good. And Trish is in Etchingham with her sister, Etchingham, wherever that is. Look it up on the map. I've just done that. Well, I've looked it up. It is a map, isn't it? Find my friends. It's quite useful, that, actually, especially if someone's coming round. You can see where they are and have the kettle on ready for a cup of tea, you know, when they turn up. (laughs) Or a glass of wine or a pint of beer, or depending on who it is and why they're coming round. 
Is that the end, do you think, of the summer? I did hear something on the radio earlier about the heat wave returning. So that's a possibility. I collected loads of bowls and buckets of water throughout the torrential rain yesterday and today. And now nothing needs watering because the garden's almost flooded. So what do I do with that lot? What I've been doing is tipping some of it on the lawn because the grass is that brown. I thought it might need some more. The pond's full up, so that's okay. Haven't seen any frogs. Our rabbit has bucked up and bucked. Sorry about that, buck. Get it? <laughs> Mr Woods. Our rabbit's bucked up a bit. We thought he was on his last legs, poor thing. But I reckon it was the heat. This morning and, well, yesterday, since it's cooled down, we've had rain. Oh, now what? Hang on a minute. That's three of the grandchildren, the three, two twins... Uh, twin girls and their older sister. It's school holidays, so they're bored. So they've sent me a video. I'll just let you hear a little bit of it. Hang on a second, if I can. Oh dear, they are funny. They're always sending me funny video clips. There's three of them there on video singing to me, singing at me. I don't know. They're great kids, actually. They really are. We have great fun. They don't come to the Isle of Wight with us on holiday anymore. They're too old for that. What are they? Uh, the twin girls are 14 and their older sister is 17 now. I don't know where the years have gone. Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? When you look back, where have all those years gone? We still have the Isle of Wight holidays without the girls, but of course we take their little brother. That's the one that's seven years old today. He comes with us, which is good fun. Of course, the day will come when he says, oh, I don't think I want to go to the Isle of Wight with grandma and granddad anymore. <laughs> He'll have other interests, no doubt, as he progresses into his teenage years. Bless his cotton socks. I often wonder when I'm watching children grow up, whether it be you know my, my kids, grandkids, other people's kids, what will their lives hold? What does their future hold for them? Will they get married and have children? You just don't know, do you? You know, you, you try and do your best for them. And is it down to luck? I suppose a lot of it is down to luck, isn't it? One might go on and be highly successful and another might be a total failure. I don't know where I fit in in, uh, in between that sort of one end and the other end of that scale. Where do I fit in? Kind of in the middle of somewhere. I'm kind of okay. Well, it's brightening up a little bit now. We've got some, I think, a little bit of sunshine just trying to come through. The rain stopped. The wind's dropped completely. The flag is just, oh no, hang on. The flag is moving very, very slightly. Just a little bit of breeze. But it's brightening up, which is good. Perhaps the afternoon will be a bit better. Is it lunchtime? I must be careful with my food. Trish has left me lunch, of course. She's made me a lovely salad and it's covered in cling film and it's in the fridge all ready for me. Isn't that wonderful? I might. I'm trying to lose weight. Mind you, salad. Hardly going to put weight on, is it? I think there's a little bit of cheese in there. Olives, of course. Did I tell you about olive oil? I did, didn't I? Olive, um, yes, olive oil. Extra, extra virgin olive oil. I think I mentioned that the other day. And I've been taking at least three tablespoonful a day. And I don't know, I, I am, I think yes, I did mention it. I told you it might be psychological, didn't I? 
I'm definitely feeling better. I'm not quite sure in what way, but I'm feeling better. So my salads that I have, I have a salad most days in the summer, is drenched in in olive oil. (laughs) And anything left on the plate, like a puddle of olive oil, I just wipe it all up with a piece of bread. That's what they do abroad, isn't it? Mediterranean countries. Anyone listening down in Spain, Portugal, wherever, tell me about your diet. Raiserants at protonmail.com. I've been down there. I've been to Spain. I've been down to Portugal. I've been to Greece. I've been to Turkey. Not Turkey. Uh, Where have I been? Cyprus. Been all over these places. Greek islands. Still a lot of thunder around. And I've always liked... In Greece, the Greek salads, absolutely lovely. Feta cheese. Do you like feta cheese? A lot of people don't. I do. I love feta cheese. I had thought of leaving my salad until this evening. Trish won't be back till this evening and perhaps have it as my evening meal. But I'm now getting a little bit peckish. Also, it's time for a cup of tea. It's definitely brightening up, which is good. There's that app again. I must find out where all this lightning is. Goodness me, I've just opened the app. It's all over the English Channel, it's between, well, basically between from Calais right the way across to well, to where I am, to, to Worthing, to Brighton. The whole channel is covered in lightning strikes. It's quite a good app, this My Lightning Tracker. It's called My Lightning Tracker. Right, perhaps it is time for a spot of lunch. Guess who I've just found wandering around in the pouring rain. It's absolutely tipping it down. The tortoise. Silly thing. I put him on his ramp so he can go back indoors. He's got a, he's got the whole shed, basically, with a ramp and a hatch so he can come in and out as he pleases. So I put him on his ramp and he went back in. I got soaked in the process. I've just looked out of the window. He's come out again. It's not cold out there, so if he wants to stay out in the rain, he can. Perhaps he needs a bath. I don't know. It's up to him. <laughs> that was the idea of having the, the hatchway which is open all day. We don't leave it open at night. And then if he wants to come out, he can. If he wants to go in, he can. It's up to him. So presumably he likes the rain. I don't know. Silly thing. The rabbit's got more sense. He can come out into his huge run if he wants to, but he's sitting just inside watching the rain from what we call his podium. He's got a a sort of raised box that he sits on and he just surveys the world from there, looks around, watches the rain, watches the birds coming and going. He seems quite happy. He must have a little bit more, I think, uh, savvy, (laughs) a bit more intelligence than the tortoise, unless the tortoise, as I said, likes the rain. He might do. They can go three months without a drink. Not rabbits, tortoises. Three months without a drink, apparently. No food or water for three months. They store it all up. Ours, of course, doesn't go more than about three hours without eating and drinking, because he's spoilt, <laughs> rather like me. Oh, I nearly forgot. Hello, Janet. I've had uh, more emails from Janet. Uh, again, ones that I can't read out. But she's written a story. She'd already written a story a couple of weeks ago. Did I tell you about that? She's now written another story, which I've printed out. And it is really good, Janet. You must try and write something, well, a little bit, uh, not quite, uh, what can I say, Change the subject matter a little bit to something um, more mainstream, if you like. And I'm sure you could get into writing for a living. Try writing short stories for magazines, something like that. Not that one you sent me. I don't think anyone would publish that. Having said that, it is incredibly well written. As far as I can tell, anyway, it's lovely. But it's just the content, Janet. It's just the content that 
doesn't leave much to be desired. Uh, what I'm, tr I'm trying to find the right words. I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there, I think. But yeah, well done, Janet. Try and get into some sort of writing, if you can, for perhaps some of these story magazines. Things like, um, is it Take a Break? Women, Woman magazine, is it? what well, I don't know what they're all called these days, but a lot of them, I think, have short stories in them, don't they? Anyway, moving on. I've just been to check up on the tortoise again and I saw on one of our bird feeders, I think it was a, it wasn't a blue tit, I think it was a great tit with a yellow, the yellow breast, I'm not quite sure. There's a pair of them that hang around. We used to have jays, a pair of jays that visited the garden regularly, but they disappeared some time ago. I don't know what happened to them. It's still absolutely pouring with rain. So the garden, the lawn now is flooded. It doesn't normally do that. I suppose that's because it's been so dry. Well, when I say flooded, that's exaggerating somewhat. I think there's a few large puddles on the lawn. But we do need this rain. They're talking about droughts everywhere now in Britain. Uh, where is it? Somewhere. I can't remember where the droughts are. They keep on the telly about different places. They've got a hosepipe ban. They've got a drought. I forget what the definition of a drought is. But someone said the other day, why don't we have these, what is it? Let me see if I can pronounce this, desalination plants. Is that right? We're surrounded by seawater. So why don't we use that? Is it, where did I go to? Was it uh, Lanzarote? Lanzarote, they've got no water of their own. And they've got desalination plants, you know, get water from the sea. I did taste it. It's, I don't know, how can I describe it? It's different. I only tasted it. I wouldn't drink the water because, um, I don't know, I don't want to go and get uh, upset stomach. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but, you know, if you're not used to it, it could upset your stomach. But the entire island, apparently, relies on seawater. They turn it into fresh water. I think somewhere in Britain, uh, I forget again where it was, but they have or were building a, a plant but then they stopped for some reason. I mean, surely that is the answer. All these reservoirs and everything everywhere. Well, we haven't got many. That's why there's no water. When we're surrounded by seawater, it seems a bit daft, doesn't it? When I went to Cyprus many, many years ago, or one of my trips there, I went on a coach trip and the coach went, you know, like they do around these mountain passes and things. And the driver said, look down there. There was a huge pit, a huge sort of crater in the ground. And he said, that's our water reservoir. That's all we've got. And it was empty. There was nothing in it because people were saying, well, where? All I can see is a hole. Where's the water? And he said, exactly. There isn't any. This was years ago. He said, we are really short of water on Cyprus. So I think it's about time someone came out with an idea for making it very easy to turn seawater into fresh drinking water. I was chatting to someone the other day and I said, when I was a kid, we didn't have all this water shortage stuff going on. And they said, well, no, there's far fewer people in Britain back then. There's millions more now than there were then. And they all want water. They all want to drink water. They all need showers, baths, whatever they do. Well, not everyone. <laughs> I bumped into something. I won't go into that. But uh, it was this person in town. He needed a shower. Stone the crows. <laughs> Did he need a shower? Anyway, that's enough of that. But we didn't have the water shortages back then. Or did we? Is it just, I can't remember. I don't ever remember being told that we can't use the garden hose. As kids in the summer, we'd turn the hose on, we'd spray each other, you know, we'd have fun. We'd fill up paddling pools and all sorts. No one ever said, oh no, we mustn't use the hose because of the water shortage. There was a thing on the telly the other day 
about floods because we've now had floods. There's, uh, where was it? Uh, Haywards Heath, various other places in the country. The roads are flooded. And they were saying, they were showing photographs of people's front, well, what were people's front gardens. Concrete. I know I've said about this before. Concrete, paving, block paving. No earth in sight, no soil in sight. A lot of people haven't even got a border where they grow a few plants. So where does the water go? I know now that I think the new rule is that you have to have a, a drainage strip at the end of your driveway where it meets the, the pavement, the sidewalk. You have to have a strip there. Again, this is hindsight, isn't it? Why in the past, and I think they're still doing it actually, nothing to do with hindsight, why do they build housing estates on floodplains? A floodplain is what it says. It's a plain that floods when there's too much water around. It floods the plain safely and doesn't do damage to any of our buildings or infrastructure. So what do they do? They build a housing estate on the floodplain. So what happens? Yes, simple, isn't it? Simples. The housing estate floods. <laughs> and then they say, oh, oh, that, oh, perhaps we shouldn't have built on the floodplain. But they still do it. They still do it. It makes you wonder who is in charge. You know, there's someone somewhere sitting behind a desk saying, OK, yeah, you can build a housing estate on all that land. Doesn't matter that it's a floodplain. That, that's right. The water will go away somewhere else. You think that they'd have someone <laughs> making these decisions that's got a little bit of sense, a little bit of thought. Hang on, if we do that, what's going to happen to the water? Oh, it'll flood the houses. <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. They're now talking about having bicycles registered. You know how you have your car number plate? Well, bicycles will have to have a number plate. I mean, they're only talking about it at the moment. When I say they, who are they? It's always they, isn't it? Oh, they've gone and done this. They've gone and done that. I'm never quite sure who they are. We'll blame the government. We'll blame the government because it's raining. <laughs> or we'll blame the government because we've had such little rain in the past few weeks that there's a drought, so it's the government's fault. What it is, people apparently are fed up with some, not all cyclists, but some. They cycle through red lights thinking it doesn't apply to them. The traffic lights go red, doesn't apply to them. They cycle the wrong way up one-way streets. That doesn't apply to them. They do all these things. Only a few cyclists, to be honest. It's not all of them. Most of them are fine. They do it all properly. I followed one the other day. He looked behind, he put his hand out to turn right, he moved across to the correct road position. He stopped there, I went left of him, because we drive on the left. He then, I looked in the mirror, he then, when there was a gap, he went right and turned into the junction. He did it all properly, perfect. Others just leap off the pavement on their bike, they leap off the pavement onto the road, without even looking, straight across the road, I don't know. But now they reckon if they have registration numbers like we do on the, the cars, then you can identify the cyclist. On your dash cam, you've got his number there on your, on your video and you can find out who he is. Mind you, what would they probably take the plates off or, I don't know, nick someone else's bike. <laughs> so it's not, I don't know what would happen. Who's going to police it all? Did you hear about that chap? I think he was in Wales. It was obviously a joke. Well, I think it was a joke. He had an idea to help fill up his local reservoir. He filled up buckets of water from his kitchen sink, put them in the car, went and tipped them into the reservoir. I hope it's a joke. Surely he wasn't stupid enough to think that that would actually help the reservoir. No, of course not. 
I don't know where I heard that, somewhere, probably somewhere online. Everything's online these... Oh, here we go, more thunder. Everything's online these days, isn't it? They're talking about house prices again here in Britain. Here we are, they. Who's they? They are talking about house prices. I think they've dropped slightly, only slightly, but people can't get the deposit together for a mortgage. There was a girl on the telly the other day in her 20s. She's been saving and saving every time she thinks, oh, I've nearly got enough as a deposit to get a mortgage on a house. Prices go up. She hasn't got enough. She saves more and she said she's been doing this for a long time and is on the verge of giving up. It must be soul-destroying, mustn't it? You think, oh, right, I need 20,000. Just as you're nearing 20,000, I mean, she's done well to save that. Then, oh, no, no, you need 25,000. Oh, now it's 30. You need 30,000. It must be soul-destroying. People have asked me, youngsters have said to me, well, how did you afford your first house? I'll tell you how I afforded our first house. My father-in-law gave us £600, which was a deposit. The house was 9400 and he gave us £600 as the, well, a wedding present, I suppose. He did say to me, it's to get rid of my daughter, it's worth the money, <laughs> which I thought funny. But it was a wedding present, the deposit for the mortgage. Of course, we had trouble paying the mortgage. It was, I think it was £69, was it £69 a month, the mortgage? And we struggled to pay that, especially when the baby came along. But that's how we got onto the, the ladder, you know, the, the property ladder, as they call it, by my father-in-law giving us the money. He didn't want it back, which was a result because I didn't have £600 to pay him back. But it was the, what was it, the bank of mum and dad, they call it, don't they? The bank of mum and dad. My parents gave us a few hundred as well. That was the wedding present. So we, we kind of managed that way. But the trouble is these days, how does that relate? The house was 9,400, the deposit was 600 pounds. These days, they want a deposit of what, 30,000, 40,000, I don't know. How does that relate to house prices and wages, salaries? I don't know how it all relates. I expect some people have worked it out and it's all, again, online, you can probably look it all up what a house was worth then and what it's worth now. That was, when do we get our first house? 1976, the first house. And as I said, it was a struggle to pay the mortgage. I remember one or two friends of mine saying, what do you want a mortgage for? Cost you a fortune. Why don't you rent? It's a lot cheaper. It was a lot cheaper to rent back then. Then it all turned round. Now it's more expensive to rent than it is to pay a mortgage which is all daft. I don't know what's happened. This, um, who is it, Liz Truss, this potential or hopeful Prime Minister woman, she reckons that she's going to help first-time buyers by saying to the, the lender, the money lender with the mortgage, take into account the rent they've been paying. So you go along with your rent book and say, look, I've been paying X amount a month for the last five years. No problems. That proves I can do it. So then the building society or the bank, whoever it is, will think, well, OK, well, they've been doing that probably, so they should be able to pay a mortgage. That will help, hopefully, people get onto the, the ladder. I don't know. Then the first time buyer will just have to hope that the new house they're buying isn't built on a floodplain. <laughs> I don't know. Weird. Well, you've endured my ramblings for, what, 50 minutes just about? Hope I haven't bored you too much. Is anyone still listening? I often wonder how long people listen for. 
Some people probably 10 minutes and think, oh, that's boring. Others might make it to 20 minutes. Perhaps some of you make it to half an hour. And I wonder how many of you actually stay to the very end. <laughs> I don't know. Probably best that I don't know, actually, because I might think, well, I might as well stop after 10 minutes. Anyway, raiserants at protonmail.com. Be great to hear from you. Look forward to next Wednesday's episode, uh, the midweek message, which a lot of you seem to like. And I've had more and more comments about the weather reports, how people like the weather reports. It's odd, isn't it? I suppose people living all around the world, they like to know what it's doing here. But that's strange. I've often thought that's strange. Anyway, I shall carry on with the weather reports if that's what you want. Take care. I shall see you all next Wednesday. Look after yourselves. I hope you don't get flooded. At least your garden's been watered now if you're in Britain. And if you're abroad, well, some of these wildfires that we've had, what about in California and Australia? Some of the fires I've seen on TV and online, honestly, your entire forests and that just disappear. It's awful, isn't it? And it seems there's nothing we can do about it. OK, take care. See you on Wednesday. Bye bye for now.